You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again, and thank you for tuning in. This is Marty Payton and... Tommy D. Tommy D. It is good to be with you once again as we continue our um, post-sermon podcast. And uh, yeah, so we've just finished week three of... And he shall be called. <laughs> I thought we blank on the name of the series that we're doing. <laughs> yeah, this one was a this one was a home run. Um, so we've already talked about the wonderful counselor, mighty God, and then this week was everlasting, everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. Yep. And uh, yeah, you know, when you talk about a message like this, and you know this as well as I do, there's always both sides of the spectrum in the room. There are people who had a wonderful experience with a father. Mm-hmm. Then there are those who not so much. Yep. Their father just left a lot to be desired. Sure. And so uh, the navigating of that and trying to get those who would rather not see God or Christ as an everlasting father because that's not representing anything they want and trying to get those who have had a good example of an earthly father, trying to get all of those in the room to just go, Jesus can be everything that I needed, currently need, or even where my dad fell short, Jesus, the everlasting father fills it all in. Mm -hmm. Because I had a good example. Your dad, you mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I did, too. You were talking about your dad growing up, and I was just thinking, man, you and I both were extremely blessed. Uh, I mean, to to this day, I call my dad best bud, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I consider it an honor to have to be a namesake and have the same name as him. He too uh, sounded like he taught me how to drive, much like your dad taught <laughs> you. <laughs> and he got me out of some squirrely situations. I, I just uh, couldn't ask for a better earthly father. <laughs> I, I've got one quick story about Sunday that was just this would be a quick overview. But there's somebody that goes to our church who. Uh, part of her story is, you know, she had a hard time coming to Christ because of that roadblock of mm. when she, anytime she thought of father, it was a negative connotation. And so that was a roadblock in years past. Fast forward through the years, she she gave her life to Christ, got to talk to her father at the end of his life. He gave his life to Christ. He has since passed away. Well, this person was at the altar at the end of the first service, just bawling her eyes out. And asked what was going on. She said, I just missed my dad. And it was while they were singing the song arms wide open. And we just got to sit there and her cry and celebrate the fact that all those mixed emotions, but yet at the end, her dad got to see Jesus with his arms, arms wide, wide open. open. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, that's just, a great story. man. Yeah. Listen, I, I was so encouraged Sunday by the response from men. Absolutely. Conversations, men at the altar, the work that God is doing among the men and the fathers at charity. Let me tell you, it is so I'm in a text thread right now with a group of them that are serious about making disciples, trying to get more people plugged into the disciple making pathway. And God is just doing something incredible at charity through the fathers that we have here. 
That's right. And uh, even even men that that aren't fathers that are fatherly mm-hmm. in their disciple making with other people. And so I went and uh, Friday night and met with, uh, I believe, that same group that you're referring to. And um, and and I love just being encouraged by these guys wanting to grow, wanting to lead, wanting to make disciples. And right as we were getting ready to end, one of them said, how do I even start? And Warren G was leading the group and and his response gave me chills. He said, you know where you can start right in your home. Yeah. Right in your home. (laughs) So true. But, and just seeing the the passion to want to do that. I Mm -hmm. mean, that's what God calls us to as men. So it's neat. So let's just, uh, work our way through, um, you know, what we talked about on Sunday, other ideas that, that you might've had and things that you were probably sitting there going, he ought to say this, he should say this, you know, that kind of thing. I was just impressed how we got to see Professor Peyton Sunday morning to start. <laughs> it showed up a little bit. I loved it. Just a little bit. You know, it's easy. I love to talk about historical context of passages. And whenever we started this series, we had one verse that we're concentrating on. It was like, okay, you know, expository preaching is one thing, but when you're just going from these four names of Jesus. And How do you we're make a series, whole out, of that, series right? out of this? And, you know, so just going back and looking at a little bit of the historical context of, of the passage. Um, and really what I had to say was not anything, probably the region that we were talking about, Zebulun, Naphtali and, and, and that, and the way of the sea really didn't have anything to do with everlasting father, other than the fact that the everlasting father, God himself also said that even though you're going to go away and you're going to go through trials, you're going to go into captivity, I'm going to bring you out mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you hope. And the hope is going to be through wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. There you go. <laughs> hey, I passed that test. You know, the other test I passed on Sunday morning what was that one when you said, who do you think the author of Isaiah was? I was you like, that it's one. Isaiah. Yes. I was like, yes, I'm off to a good start. <laughs> very good. Very good. Man, you want to recap real quick though, the, the breakdown of Isaiah, uh, because that was yeah. so cool. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, so Isaiah has 66 chapters and, um, the Bible as well, 66 chapters. And, you know, Whenever the book of Isaiah was written by Isaiah, this was written over the course of 60 years. And so, you know, it's bits and pieces, it's nuggets that he's writing down as God gives him these, and he's writing them out in a scroll, scroll form. They found some old scrolls. If you go to like Israel, if you go to sometimes they'll they'll have these things on tour mm-hmm. and you can see old scrolls. Some of the Dead Sea scrolls were actually the scrolls of Isaiah. And I've seen and those. you've seen them oh, in Yeah, I saw them in Charlotte Man. years ago and I've seen them in, in Israel itself. And it's just amazing that you can go back and see. They're not the original things that Isaiah wrote, but they're dated really, really close. They're still fam- from, really yeah, close from ancient that. times. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, they got these all these scrolls, they put them together, but it would be hard for us to follow a scroll that's that long. Isaiah is one of the, if not the longest book mm. in the Bible, not the most chapters, but the longest in text. Um, and so you look at it and somebody very wise came back and said, let's put some chapters and verses in here to make it easier to navigate. And when he did that, or when they did that, whoever this team was, they made 66 chapters. They divided it. They kind of found the division and there's 39 um, what we would call pre-hope chapters, a lot of judgment, a lot of um, call to repentance, uh, calling out sin. But then there's 27 in hope in hope passages yeah. or you know chapters representing the 27 
books of the New Testament where we get the gospels and we get the hope of that Christ fulfilled all of that. He became the answer to the judgment that God was going to, that he promised that for, for sin that needed to be done, justification for, for that. But Jesus satisfied all that. So there's the hope. And the last part of, of the book of Isaiah deals with that. And then I, I just love the fact that chapters 7 through 12 are considered the book of Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. So cool. Yeah. And and, and he's uh, prophesying about the coming Messiah 700 years before. Yeah. Before. Uh, it's just, it was so cool. And I don't think any of that, the 66 uh, chapters to 66 books, 39 and 27, that's just not coincidence. Mm-mm. That is uh, divine. It is. It's, it's so cool. It's God you know, um, inspiring, not like supernatural inspiration, like scripture, but inspiring them to go, Hey, let's, let's even, because this book that Isaiah wrote is a gospel in and of itself. Um, it's an old Testament gospel. Let's give it the feel of the overall Mm. 66 books in the canon that we have known as our Bible. Well, and then, so you broke down the two, the everlasting and the father. And I love that you were given some examples of uh, Jesus and how he's everlasting from everlasting to everlasting, you said. Mm. Um, And you went all the way back to the beginning in Genesis, where we see all three persons of the Trinity there at creation showing he's eternal. You went and pointed out Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which I love. That was the very first sermon I ever preached. Really? Ever. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But how Christ manifests himself there in the fiery furnace. And then you fast forwarded to the New Testament to show the fatherly uh, instincts of Jesus himself. It's really cool that you see him throughout scripture. And even John, John chapter one, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. That's That's Jesus Christ, the word, Mm -hmm. the word made flesh. And, you know, you just mentioned your first message and I meant to say this on Sunday and and, and I did not. The very first message I preached, um, I was, I preached at a nursing home. We used to have a Wednesday night nursing home ministry at our church and I was called upon to preach. I just surrendered to ministry and Tracy's dad was my pastor. And he's like, all right, you're preaching Wednesday night. And I was like, I don't know what to preach. What do you preach to 70 and 80 year olds that can't hardly, they can't hear you anyway. He was preparing you for when, as the years go on and you see people dozing off that the foundation was there. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, so I didn't know what to preach. Uh, Sidebar. We were in that nursing home one time preach somebody was preaching it wasn't me at this particular time and um the preacher got up there and he said um well one of these days and he said something that he's going to do and one of the old men that was kind of dozed off raised up his head and he said you might you might not sucker (laughs) (laughs) and for years that was a joke around our church somebody would say something we'd say you might you might not sucker anyway i didn't know what i was going to preach and so you know, I'm wrestling with this. And my dad said, Artie, you can never go wrong with the gospel. Amen. So the very first message I ever preached was the Roman road mm. to salvation. And it was because of my dad giving me that, you know, he was teaching you. He was, which is what a good father does. Absolutely. So, but wouldn't you still affirm what your dad said to the, this many years later, any message you give, it's not worth giving if it's not gospel. That's exactly right. Yeah. You can never go wrong with the gospel. So Jesus is everlasting and, um, 
you know, when you think about that, uh, you know, I, I'm still amazed at how the whole service just went together. The music, yep. the message, everything that took place was so uh, orchestrated by God. We got to our small group last night and we were talking about the message and somebody asked the question about I am. They said, this has always kind of confused me because when Jesus says I am, or when God said, tell Pharaoh, I am sent you, Mm -hmm. what does that even mean? What does I am mean? I mean, it, it just, it feels like it doesn't say enough about who he is. And yet doesn't it say it all? Yeah, it does. And so, you know, we spent the next 30 minutes talking Mm -hmm. just around those two words, I am. And what did Jesus mean? What did God mean when he said that? And uh, one of the guys in our group had shared something with me and he pulled it up uh, on, on I think it was on YouTube. But someone said, um, and I can't remember, I can't give credit to who it is because I can't even remember who it was. But he said that everything that we are, our entire existence is because of God. So when you wake up in the morning and your wife looks at you and says, Tom, how are you today? You say, I am mm, fine. That's good. I am ready to go for the day or I am sad. Everything in your existence runs through who God is. His name. Runs through his name. Man. I am. I thought that, I don't know that that is theologically exactly what that means mm. but that's rich that is rich that reminds me just hearing you say that uh yahweh yeah you remove the vowels and it's just it's which is how it was originally and you pronunciate it kind of like through breaths breathing so, in and out yeah breathing in and out so even people who claim to not believe in god are still calling his name constantly oh, yeah. throughout the day and i'm like let's wow. go so your very existence everything that you are runs through who God is. It runs through I am. That's really cool. So if you could just think about everything Mm -hmm. that you say throughout the day, when you say I am fine or I am good or I am going to enjoy Christmas or I am everything that you Mm. do and everything that you say and everything that you are is because of I am. And (laughs) Without you even knowing it, but that goes back to a good father gives you identity. Yeah. Right. You spoke about that. And so we name our, our, our kids, they get our namesake. Yeah. And then our daughters marry and they just drop our namesake like it. a, yeah. like a bad habit. I don't understand <laughs> what that's about, but, but I love that. And so Christians, right. Christ's name is in our name, but I love that. What you just said, I, I hope that that's one of the things every time, you know, moving forward, when I say I am that, that just kind of triggers pings in my yeah. mind yeah yeah That's he neat. had shared that with me a while back and i had forgotten about it until that discussion came up and i said mike you remember when you shared something with me about that and he goes yeah and he starts trying to find it you know <laughs> to, to explain it. and then we watched it or yeah we watched it listened to it and it was just like oh that is just that's so rich with with that word i am um you know that's the name god used to reveal himself to moses and said hey just go tell pharaoh just so Pharaoh, I am, sent you. But not only is he everlasting, he is father. The perfect father. The perfect mm. father that we could never be, that our dads, as great as they were, they never were, but he is. And you and I would be the first to admit, man, looking back over our kids' lives, 
I'd like to think I was a, a good dad, but man, I know I messed up from time to time. That's oh, yeah. one of the beauties, isn't it, about being a grandparent? It's kind of like a redo. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it don't really matter anymore. <laughs> no, that's right. But, um, one of the th- So you, you said several things. You know, a good father gives you uh, our identity, which we get in Christ. A good father prepares us for the future, and Jesus is there preparing a place for us in heaven right now, which mm. is amazing. Um, a good father gathers his children together, so even when they were wayward, Jesus is praying for his kids. Um, but then, man, you landed the plane with the prodigal son. And uh, as you were teaching that, I was just thinking, you know, so obviously that kid— he wants his inheritance now. He runs away and squanders it all. It's mm-hmm. amazing to me how many friends he had when he had money, right? Yeah, yeah. And how quickly they abandoned him when he blew through it. But mm-hmm. I just sit there while you're teaching. I thought, isn't that true of life in general, though? Culture will always leave us empty at the end of the day. Man, does it ever. It's so... That that story is so true of life. Absolutely. We... It, it it always seems like the grass is always greener on the other side, that things are better out there. And the beauty of that father in the, pro- the story of the lost son, the, pro- the story of the prodigal son, the beauty of that father is he knew his son was making a bad choice, mm-hmm. but he wasn't going to fight it because he knew that probably fighting it was going to cause more damage to their relationship. Right. Or uh, unrepairable damage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't, you can't come back from some of those things. And so the other thing that, I mean, there's just so many rich things in that text that you could just pull out. But when he sent him away, he didn't draw a line in the sand. That's right. And he's, you know, I know I've heard parents draw that line in the sand. They go, you walk out that door. Don't you ever come back. Mm. If you if you cross that line, don't you ever come back. Those absolute statements are dangerous. They're dangerous. Yeah. And I never did it with my kids. My parents never did it with me. But God's never done it with us. Either. Amen. That's right. He's never said, if you cross that line, don't you ever come back. No, I've crossed that line. Many times. Yeah. I've crossed that line. I've I have done things that a human father could have easily said, don't come running back to me. You made your bed. Now sleep in it. You live out there. But no, it was like arms wide open. Right. And and he, there's like you said, there's so many different angles you can look at that, uh, that passage. But we're the ones that are always the ones running away. It's not God. Right. The father never, never left. He was right where he was. Yeah. We're the ones who go astray. I, I know I've told you this before. My favorite, my favorite, Part of that is while he was still a long way off, mm-hmm. the father saw him. That's saw him. only possible because the father never stopped looking for him. He was watching for him every, probably every day. Mm. Every day he was watching for that son to come back. And he, he knew that letting him go was the fastest way to get him back. Mm. He had to let him go to the place where he had his face in a pig trough. And no, there's no telling what that father might have been imagining that was going on because he knew the rebellious heart that his son had. And listen, God knows the rebellious hearts in us too. Mm -hmm. He knows when we wake up in the morning and we're just in one of those moods. Mm -hmm. We're just in a mood and he knows it. And he's going, ah, there's Marty again, waking up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, should have gone to bed earlier. 
uh, you know, and shouldn't have drank that coffee so late. Whatever. Ten thirty at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you expect? <laughs> right. And so, but he's still he's that he's that everlasting father that that loves us, and he's just ready for us to to come to ourselves. And, you know, I would imagine that, and I love his response. You, you kind of joked around uh, with it, you know, and what did the father do? He met him with a scolding remark. Mm-hmm. He met him with judgment. <laughs> no, it said he had compassion. And I think again, kind of like going back to wonderful counselor, we can learn from that. Wow. There are times where we want to respond one way, but in the moment we need to show compassion because I'm sure there were times moving forward that that father and son got to sit down and have a conversation and the father could point to truths and life lessons yeah. during that time. Right then in the moment wasn't the time for that. Mm-mm. Right then in the moment was to embrace him, to kiss him, to to cook some filet mignon on yeah, the grill, man. to have yeah. a party and show compassion. And we don't know the rest of the story. There may have been that conversation that go, listen, son, um, don't ever do that again. Right. I'm <laughs> sure know, there were several Don't, of don't ever do that again. Okay. Yeah. We, we're, we're letting you come back and we're giving you another chance. And, and, uh, but hey, yeah, let's learn from it. Go and sin no more. Right. That's right. That's the good, Amen. that's the good father. And so listen, no matter what your relationship was or is with your father, um, good or bad, listen, Jesus wants to be that and more in a good way. He, he just wants to wrap his arms around you, celebrate life with you, walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death, whatever life brings your way, he is there for you, no matter what. Well, this is a busy week at Charity, so depending on when somebody's listening to this podcast, if it's right now, then they don't want to miss out on the things we have coming up. No. Tomorrow night, we've got the Charity uh, Family Concert, the Signature Sound, yep. Ernie Haas Ernie and Signature Haas. Sound. They got that jazzy little Christmas. And uh, man, we'd love to have you here. Make Sunday's sure you, a big day. Sunday is Christmas at Charity. We've got horse and buggies, three mm-hmm. of those coming up. And and so it's going to be nice and cold. Going to be a good day to get under a blanket on a horse and buggy. It's get supposed some good to be pictures. cold at Christmas. It's going to yeah. be. Yeah. It's yes, going it is. To be. <laughs> it's living up to its billing. And uh, man, the, the, uh, the things in the foyer, the hot chocolate, the wassail. Is that what it is? I don't know. It sounds really good. It does sound good. Uh, Yeah. The ladies will have all of that good stuff. And so, hey, we'll hope you'll be here at 930 or 11 o'clock. It's going to be a jam-packed full service. Get here early. Enjoy the horse and buggies. And then get your seat. Get ready. Because we're going to be talking about Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. And I cannot wait to preach on that. This one has been that one that's been circled on the calendar. It's like, you know, these others I've enjoyed. Some of them been tough to get through, but all but that one right there from the beginning is like I can't wait to get to that one. Well, you heard it, folks. Let's do it. It's on. All right. See you Sunday. 